0: Hello, welcome back to the Long Leg Podcast or perhaps a podette today. It's Adam here, I'm here with Russ. We're we're just going to sort of cover what happened at the Oval. We recorded a pod when Australia retained the ashes a couple of weeks ago. Um, and here's another one having you know Australia having clinched the ashes by winning them to all um so <laughs> to them
1: that's ironic, isn't it? How dare they win something by drawing it
0: i uh, I know, um a few Kiwis may have pointed that out repeatedly <laughs> over the last hours um but here we are um i I think actually two two was probably about right,
1: yeah, um, I mean. Some of the interviews that went on post match yesterday would have confirmed that. I think they were all being very um, politically correct, should we say, by by toeing the party line by saying, "Oh yeah, well the best team kind of won, but it was nice to get the draw." And you know, Stokes and Root and and Payne, obviously, they were all very uh, very political in their answers, should we say? But on on the balance of things, you know. England have not been, other than probably the first innings um, here, England have not really been ahead of the game since they had Australia 160-odd for eight or 130-odd for eight at Edgbaston. They've always been sort of behind the game.
0: Yeah, I probably agree with that. Other other than after Headingley, I thought that the way that we won that test match may have given us um, Doug's favourite word, Doug, Doug who was supposed to be here but now isn't um doug's favorite word momentum because he believes in it Um, but i actually do believe in it i thought we'd be stronger going into manchester but we just had that awful first day and yeah it seemed the balance of power shifted back again um it's a bit like old times winning dead rubbers at the oval
1: yeah um yeah. What can you say about it though? It's it was a good performance, but you can't help you can't help feeling that that the Aussies had completely sort of taken their eyes off the ball.
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. It was a big toss um to win. And of course we didn't win it. Australia Australia won it inexplicably bold. Um from from there, you know, as long as we scored enough runs and we just about did. I mean even even Steve Smith didn't manage to make a 50 in the second innings. Um...
1: <laughs> well, they found a way to get him out now, so they need to press on that. Time. Yeah. yeah, just set a leg side slip trap and uh, just keep bowling at his pads. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a minute and I don't really want to name him, but you've got to now. I think... Throughout this whole series, from where he started in Edgebuston when everybody was booing him, and you know, it does show an incredible strength of character and some great skill to to score well over seven hundred runs that he did in the uh, in the series. And you can see the way the crowds have reacted to him as the as the series has got off. He went off to a pretty much a standing ovation the other yeah. day
0: I d- I don't from know both what... teams. I think even if you're in the, I'm still going to boo him or I still, it's still unforgivable, even if you're in that camp, it doesn't change the fact that you're probably still ridiculously impressed by what he's done with the bat.
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, I
0: mean, whether you, yeah, we've discussed this previously, haven't we? But, you know, whatever you think about his antics, it, it doesn't change the fact that he's batted like a Sir Donald Bradman.
1: An absolute god. And you know, like I say, we've struggled. The only time the only times we've got him out is when he's got himself out. And you yeah. keep thinking, you know, bowl it straight, set a bit of a leg side field, bowl it straight, and and there you go. He'll miss one eventually. And he just doesn't. He just doesn't. And it's incredible. You know, the one he missed to I say I say he doesn't. The one he missed to wokes in the first innings is just he he admitted it himself. He was like, oh, I've been feeling a bit under the weather. Whether he used that as an excuse because he got out fairly cheaply in both innings. Although, what did he score? 80 in the first
0: 80-odd. <laughs> well, that felt um, cheap, didn't it? Yeah, it did
1: feel, feel cheap. Um, you know, whether he's using that as an excuse or whether he is just generally uh, genuinely drained. You know, either way, um, he has been the difference between the two sides. That That is it.
0: Yeah, it's him. Yeah. Exactly. You you've got some stats in front of you, haven't you? I you? have.
1: The yes. Series. So uh, the series that I've got the batting averages for both teams and the bowling averages for both teams. So uh, what would you like to talk about first?
0: Um, I've I don't have those things in front of me because I'm too lazy to pull them up. But I mean, they're going to show that Steve Smith was was a difference, as you just said. Um, bowling, you know, from the Aussies' perspective, Pat Cummins.
1: Uh exceptional.
0: Yeah, I mean Cummins five five just matches. Relentless.
1: Five matches, two hundred and eleven overs, uh twenty-nine wickets uh for five hundred and sixty-nine runs and average of nineteen point six two.
0: No fifers for him, were there?
1: No fifers for him, but he just he just kept um you know he's just kept coming. His best was four for thirty-two. Uh, and a best match of a seven for 103. So, you know he, his average was only bettered by the single match, Mitch Marsh, who took five for 46 in that first innings at yeah. in the Oval, which was uh, was a bit strange. And then um, didn't
0: get the ball for ages in the second innings. Yeah,
1: odd. And then, obviously, Hazel, you, you add that to a 19.62 average to Hazelwood, who inexplicably didn't play at Adjbaston. Um, yeah. yeah. Who... Uh, took twenty wickets. Was at Pat Cummins
0: of... the only seamer from Australia to play all the all five games. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and Hazelwood took, as I say, took twenty wickets at an average of twenty one point eight five. You know, economy rate of two point seven, when Pat Cummins was two point six nine. It just. I, mean,
0: I, I think that the the two bowling attacks. I don't think there's much. Been in it in the series, you know. They've they've hated facing Chopper Archer and some of their batsmen, Stuart Broad, as just as much as we've hated fa- facing Cummings. Um, yeah, it's that I don't want to go back to him again. Um, from our side on the batting, um, Stokes, obviously. Um, yeah, we've got Burns up there, I guess.
1: Yeah, Burns. So you've got Stokes who uh, 441 runs at an average of 55, which you know, in in normal terms is a is a pretty outstanding series, isn't it? You know, as far as as far as Ashes goes, obviously we've had these freaks before, like the Alistair Cook in uh 11 who just yeah. dominated obviously yeah. Steve Smith this time. Um then but the, the drop-off then was down to Burns who scored 39 uh 390 runs at an average of 39 unsurprisingly over 10 innings um <laughs> Then we had uh, Root, who averaged 32.5, Denley 31, down to Butler at 24, best in 23. Now, when you look at England, that's England's top seven. One, two, three, four,
0: five, six. I mean, there's the the, the a lot of 30s, aren't there? Yeah. Just just don't. And I, I, I'm I, guessing if you look at the Aussies figures, well, a lot the of them Aussies... will be pretty similar.
1: Absolutely, it's it's Smith. Then down to Labuschagne at fifty, through seven innings. Um,
0: Dave Warner with nine. Well, Jack Leach I, I ended with
1: uh, Jack Leach ended with a better better average uh, over four matches than than Warner did over five, which is uh, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, then it's down to Wade. Obviously, Wade came in at thirty three, but he scored that last innings hundred it. At the Oval, that would have been a lot lower. Um, interestingly, three three matches, four innings. Peter Siddle at twenty eight, Travis Head twenty seven. Uh, there, but then you know you look at it. Kawaja played three matches for, for twenty. Payne had an average of twenty. Um, Bancroft eleven. Dave Warner five matches, ten innings, ninety five runs. With a six, with a sixty-one in the first cities at Headley, didn't he? Yeah. So it's, it's just mental.
0: If if you're Australian, you mentioned Payne with his average of twenty. Now Matthew Wade's a wicketkeeper. I I'd be if I'm an Aussie fan and far I'm far from being an Australian cricket fan. Um, I'd be starting to question Tim Payne. I mean, is is he one of these? He's hardly a brilliantly is he? Um, no, just in it, in it for his captaincy. Um, he's not bringing the, the wizardry with the DRS reviews. Um, you know, they've they've got Matthew Wade in the side who who can stick the gloves on. Um, obviously, Payne's only got the job for the, those other reasons, as we know. Um, but interesting to see what they do from there. Uh, it, it is. And, I guess and, he keeps the job because he's retained uh, the ashes. But uh, you know, absolutely,
1: I I would be willing. I can't see him being captain by the time we go back down there in two and a half years time. That's for certain. Um, Yeah. When, when asked about it, you know, he was very coy on his own future. I think he knows, he knows he hasn't performed. And I think he knows that, you know, he's done a, he's done an outstanding job restoring a bit of a reputation for the Australian side following Sam, you know, the whole sandpaper incident, and, and he has led that team in in a really decent way. So you know you've got to commend him for that. But like you say, they've got Matthew Wade there now, um, who's been in and out of the Test side for a little while, wouldn't he? Even before Payne, um, you know they were they were looking for that wicketkeeper batsman once once in retired. And uh, yeah, I think I think Payne's time is is fairly limited i can see him maybe going after the new zealand series It chris they're playing new zealand uh, in a three-match series over christmas and new year aren't they so i can see um i can see him potentially stepping down over that the captaincy goes back to steve smith and uh that's know, it also, yes it, yeah it does yeah 100 percent, it does 100 percent, it does i mean if you think if you think about that whole issue you know, you uh Smith was complicit in allowing it to to go on when he knew about it. You know, the for my mind, the bowlers knew as much about it as everybody else as well, and they got away with it. There's nothing like I, I've listened to Flintoff and and other bowlers talk about it. And if something was going on with that ball, those bowlers knew about it. You can, you, they just knew. Oh God,
0: right? How can you if you're so, you're you're putting you know if you're seen bowler trying to get reverse swing, and you're Sticking the seam of the ball between your index and middle fingers, yeah, you're going to notice if one side of the ball suddenly scuffed like out of, if it's out of the ordinary, you're surely going to notice 100%. Um, but yeah, I didn't plan to get
1: no, no, plan no, to but, go back into that. But what what I'm going to say is, with that in mind, um, you know, Smith, yes, he was compli- complicit, he was not a fall guy because he was in charge. So he took his punishment. He's come back. He's proved, you know, he's proved what an asset he is to the Australian's team. And, you know, I think lessons will have been learned. A bit like Ben Stokes getting the vice captaincy back for England after the off-field issues that he has had. I I think that Australia will will go directly back to Smith once, once they sort of dispose of Tim Payne. (laughs) because that's that'll be what uh, that'll be what happens unless he decides to 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 move away um of his own volition which obviously is also entirely possible
0: yeah i guess so i i don't think i personally don't think it will go back to smith i think there's a still that dark cloud that'll hang around him i mean to a certain extent you could argue he led the team at various points this summer anyway absolutely um, just by he was by being a leader um and I, I'm not sure who the other candidates would be. <laughs> That's that might be that might be in, in the favour of giving it back to him, but we will see. Um, from England, it's well, it's the end of a couple of eras. Um, we have Trevor Bayliss who's stepping down from his his role at head coach. I have mixed feelings for all the all the good he's done with the white ball. Um. There's some offsetting by um, our our Red Bull form over the last four years. I think we were a better Test cricket team four years ago than we are now, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, where do you? What do you think his legacy is? Do you think he's he's going to be remembered as a a great coach or something?
1: Uh, um, yes, he will be remembered as a great coach because ultimately his remit when he arrived was pretty much around the white ball cricket and and building up to to the world cup so you know you have you have to hand hand it to him the, the, that's exactly what he's done yeah, it, yeah in the meantime like you say the red ball form has uh has suffered and you know, is that his fault I don't know whether that's necessarily his fault. I think, that you know, that's as much to do with the ECB. That's as much to do with the players, you know. Is that as much to do with Ed Smith and James Taylor and selection? You know, because they can only pick the, the team that they can... Root and Bayless have only been picking a team that's been selected by um, by those guys since since they came in, what, two years ago, I guess? Just over two years ago? Um, yeah, but and
0: they, but they, but Bayless would lead... I guess all the team meetings and what players are focusing on and and what they're working on, he'd have a big involvement in that. And yeah, you're probably right. He's fo- he's he's following orders to a certain extent to prioritise the white ball. Um, so I what, mean, happen- what happens now if if we've not got a World Cup coming up? Um, we're going to have another we're going to have a, an away Ashes before the next one. Yeah,
1: um, it's very strange, isn't it? I mean England in the in the Bayliss um era and, and test matches of of one twenty seven lost twenty-five drawn seven in the Bayliss era, uh with series one eight series lost five series drawn four. Um
0: we largely a lot better at home in that. In yeah, that era, ab- more, absolutely more so than in And this, then... Dubai.
1: And then in ODIs we're sixty-two wins, twenty-four losses, two ties, and five no results in the um, in the ODIs. Now, what I what I think I mean, Ash, Ashley Giles has got a very difficult decision and a very difficult job in to to decide what to do next, because he himself has been involved in a fairly disastrous spell in charge of the England one day team when they had the, when they had the coaches split, didn't they? You know, that, that was when England were probably not necessarily at their worst, but were really struggling in white ball cricket. When we had Andy flower in charge of the red ball team uh, and Giles then came in to the white ball team. And then that continued under um, Peter Moore's, didn't it? When, Flower left, oh, just, I believe.
0: Shudder every time I think of Peter.
1: Peter every Moore. time Peter was. How,
0: how, how did he get hired twice?
1: Oh God knows.
0: Oh, it's um, unbelievable, isn't huh. it?
1: But but then Giles is now in a position where you know everyone's or a lot of people are saying in in the media and and across all sorts of circles is why um why don't we look to you know split the coaches so we have a white ball and a red ball coach, you know. This is as much about the players as it is about the coaching. I'm, I know we've had this discussion before about coaching and the impact it has, but these players are talented enough to know what the differences are. The preparation potentially needs to be to be different because those guys came out of a, a pretty intense white ball schedule and played one red ball match against uh, Ireland in some pretty crazy conditions at Lord's got bowled out for next to nothing in the first innings and managed to paper over the cracks by absolutely wiping them out in the, in the fourth innings. So
0: yeah, I, I think bowlers getting our batsmen out of jail. I yeah, mean, that's you know, right.
1: It's, I just
0: it's, that's been happening for four years. I just Jessica.
1: don't, see, I don't see, I don't see where the best solution is.
0: It's, it does feel like a totally blank piece of paper. Like I, in terms of split coaching i'm i'm still not i'm not really sure i'm not against it if you've got the right people what you don't want is a conflict of interests you don't want one coach working with players to do certain things a certain way and another coach coming in and actually you know you want to be looking at it this way um but why why can't you have the best person for the job in Red Bull and the best person for the job in White Ball, because they're probably not going to be the same person.
1: Yeah, we've got, I mean, we've got a blueprint, right? The White Ball team have a blueprint for success. It's been proven. Now, what,
0: what the, the danger there is, so you rest on your laurels. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you could go, oh, right, well, let's, let's get a test Red Bull sort of Red Bull guy in who. or, focus on that let's we need to sort that out and then suddenly your, your white ball cricket goes the other way I suppose, what I, suppose what the, I
1: suppose what the danger is is what is the future of owen morgan within the white ball setup now if bayless goes and owen morgan not that there's any indication of this but decides that actually i've won the world cup i think it's best that if i if i stand down now as well that changes the whole dynamic. I think whilst Morgan is the one-day captain, the new coach that comes in, that that blueprint, that evolution like... of England's white ball team can can stay the same. What would be the point in a new coach coming in and saying, you know what, all of that great stuff you've been doing previously to win the World Cup, let's stop doing that because I want to take us in this direction. I can't see anybody. Why, what, what coach in their right mind would come in and do that when you've already got a successful formula that's working? I think what needs to happen is, is a coach needs to come in and, and, you know, if it is a, you know, I see, I see a world where someone like Paul Collingwood, for instance, would lead the one day side with Owen Morgan in a slightly less hierarchical hierarchical. Hi, yeah. in a, that way uh, in, a, in a slightly less formal hierarchy. And then Paul Collingwood would work under the head coach of the test team or for the ECB for, you know, senior men's head coach to then create a, you know, a slightly more disciplined structure for the red ball game. But, you know, again, it boils down to the players and, and the direction. Now, Bairstow, Butler, um, Root to a certain extent, although obviously he's the test captain, so he's going to be slightly less affected by this. Um, you know their their positions in the in the test team are, are very much under threat because they have not produced the goods consistently enough. Now, you know, I think Rory Burns has done enough. I I mean, I think Rory Burns has been, you know, uh, not fantastic. Might be a bit strong, but I think he he had a decent series. He proved well, why. If, if
0: we, I don't think I don't think it's a, it's anything but a no brainer with Burns. If we. It's not like we've got an embarrassment of riches with the batting at the moment, nope. especially at the top of the order. Um, Burns has done, I think, a tremendous job, actually.
1: And he's shown, he's and shown his, he his can figures learn.
0: might His figures might not... He's not average 50 or anything, but what what bugger has other than Stokes? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's just... You know, he's, he's earned himself a winter spot. Now, the win- winter's a strange one. So we're going to New Zealand... For the sort of the starter, yeah, a, a main course in South Africa and, and
1: then Sri Lanka, and then
0: a pudding in Sri Lanka. Yeah, I don't remember ever having three tours in a winter, all of them with Test cricket. So, there, there's probably going to be some rotation. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I know we mentioned this last time. I see a young side go into New Zealand, yeah, uh, like an experimental. Side, it doesn't matter as such, and I know there'll be some people out there who go, Well, we want to go and win everywhere, but the last time we played in New Zealand, you know, they humped us as well, anyway. So, um, I see some experimentation in New Zealand with the likes of maybe Sibley and uh, who's yeah. the other guy, uh, Zach Crawley, maybe. You know who who might come in. I think we need to look. We need to look at the two and three position as always. You know, is is the is the question we've been asking for a long time. Root back down to four. Stokes at five. Um, I think Joss Butler needs to stay in the team. Personally, I think he's got he's got the technique. He's got the the ability to transition, and his technique is a lot more uh, adaptable between white ball and red ball cricket. Who are the besto i think struggles with with the moving does, does a
0: moving ball and he best yeah yeah i mean if it, it, i don't see it's i don't feel about besto as if oh he's he's not good enough to play for England or anything like that he is look at him, you know, but yeah. some of the the shot selection and the innings that he's played of late in Test cricket haven't been haven't been good enough. Um and it's not as if you could say, well he's he's our wicket keeper, so he doesn't that doesn't matter so much. That's when you've got we've got three wicket keepers, if you include folks on the fringes of the squad. Well you, you um, made the so point. You yesterday. you don't you don't need Yeah, you, you, you don't need Besto's glove work. Butler, no. can, Butler can keep wicket and arguably should anyway. Um if folks Well is... no,
1: arguably Ben Fo Ben should be uh, meant, there
0: keeping yeah. wicket but yeah you're right yeah if, obviously if ben fokes is in the team he's going to he's the best clubman. but
1: but, but i think but ben fokes needs to be in the team and batting at 7 and that is your job and that is what you do you're you are here to be a wicket keeper that can also bat you're not here to be a batsman that can also keep wicket which is what i think has been a bit too confused with Basto and Butler over the last five, four or five years. I mean, Butler was asked to do the job in 2015, wasn't he? In the 2015 Ashes, and and before and a little bit after, and Basto the same. Now that they are they are as being asked to be batsmen before they're asked to be a wicketkeeper, and that's a specialist position. You made the point yesterday that first stumping chance from Root on Wade that kind of got stuck on underneath Basto's chin strap. He would have been out. Folks would have dealt with that.
0: Yeah. He would yeah, have been I mean, out. It's, it's. I'm not. I don't want to lay into besto's glove work here particularly. You know, it, it was a difficult stumping chance, but I, I'm I'm sure uh, James Foster or or Chris Reid or Bell, Ben Folks or whoever you know it's, it's a, a more specialist wicketkeeper would have snuffled that. Um, but well, yeah. What I mean by that is, you know, if if besto is is going to play as a wicketkeeper. You need, you've got to expect more runs from him because that's why he's in the side.
1: Yeah. And, but if that's the case, consider if if they're going to do that, then specifically bat him at seven, don't move him around. You know, the wicketkeeper traditionally, you know, again, traditionally the wicketkeeper is always batted at, at seven. And I know that as, you know, maybe sometimes six, maybe sometimes eight, depending on the makeup of the side. However, if He keeps if he's keeping wicket, you do not move his batting position to you. You would then bring in a batter or a bowler depending on uh conditions, circumstances, whatever. But that position remains constant rather than I know. Well, if you bat at five in this series and then we might shift you to six, and then all oh, but you could bat at seven and then we'll bring Butler in or we'll, we'll bring folks in and we'll, we'll shift things around a little bit. It needs to be constant and it needs to be a, defi- a clearly defined role.
0: It's it's a funny one. This we, we've, we've talked about this. I think sort of the start of the summer, um, and almost like having Ben folks in the team is, is if it's some sort of luxury, do we, do we need it? So then you said, and I think that's the right decision for what it's worth. I you say, okay, um, because Bester or Butler can keep wicket, we probably don't need that luxury. So let's have a a better batsman in there. But then it, it all gets a bit. It's almost like it's us having three good options for the, for that role, which is really what they are, and um, and two of two of whom would get in the side, or uh, maybe not Bester at the moment, or should get in the side for their batting alone. Um, it almost overcomplicates everything. And creates pressure by pissing about with the order a little bit. And I agree with you about the keeper batting at seven as a defined role. Um, th- then you probably know what's expected. You know, If Bairstow is, what they've got... is a specialist keeper at seven.
1: What they've um... got to work out is, is Bairstow, Butler, folks, whoever it is, that's going to be the wicketkeeper, right? Then they are the wicketkeeper that then bats. You do not need to pick Bairstow, Folks, and Butler unless you think that they are, or sorry, that two of them are in the best six batsmen that we can put out as a test team. Because ultimately, the wicketkeeper should stand alone. So if they think that Johnny Bester is the best person to keep wicket for England, then that's fine. But don't pick Butler and folks for instance, because... Unless unless you think that they are in the best six batsmen that we can pick as a team. There's yeah. no point. Yeah. And at the moment it feels a bit like, you know, Josh Butler is so talented. And for me, would I would have Butler in the side ahead of Bearstow. Base as I said I've already said about his technique and his adaptability. Because I think the innings, whilst he's not scored a, a huge amount of runs the innings at Old Trafford, um, that he stayed in and he fought and he grinded it out. He, he's done a lot of grinding this series without a lot of runs. He's spent this a lot of time a, at the crease.
0: One thing I've noticed there is I think actually him batting lower in the order in white ball cricket than Bairstow does has sort of worked in his favour a bit. So he's, he's often coming in, you know, take the World Cup final, for example, might come in not always, but in ODIs in situations where you've got to rescue the innings or yeah. build an in innings. Best though, coming in at the top, his instructions are almost always to tee Legs. off regardless of the situation. Yeah. So I just that's... think Butler's
1: well, a, a clever a clever clever cricketer. As in as far as assessing situations and playing conditions and yes, he's going to get out and yes, you know, but when he gets in, you know, the, the two innings that he, that he played at, at the oval, as I say, the second innings at Old Trafford, um, you know, he, he's, he's dug in and he's, and he's played well. And I think that that is something that that best though just hasn't done besto has got himself to 20 by playing some lovely cover drives and, you know, but you know that if you bowl on the stumps often enough, if you bowl at the stumps often enough, Johnny Bairstow will either miss one or you'll get him on the pad. Yeah.
0: And it's it's ironically he's he's looked a bit like Jason Roy in that position in that yeah with that kind of delivery. Um yeah. the are two heroes at the top of the one day one day order. Um weirdly maybe those two those two well they're going to come back into the side at some point I think so, I don't know where necessarily yeah. but
1: So here's the interesting thing. Like in Australia, for instance, when we go to Australia in two and a half years time, and I can't see why Jason Roy still wouldn't be there or thereabouts within the one day team. He would be someone that I would really consider in the middle order in Australia because the ball doesn't, the ball doesn't move. He plays, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard surface. The ball doesn't move. That kookaburra ball, you know, is a lot like the one day ball. Um, the, yes, the pitch is about to but he will he will be able to,
0: in my opinion, if You look at Roy Bat; he can play the ball at uh, pace. He can play absolutely. the short ball. Yeah, I'm not, I I totally agree with that. And so, it's, it's it's weird because you can't maybe bowlers you can more easily. You could pick horses for courses, but it's yeah. it's a dangerous game to start doing that with your batsmen because form it, and.
1: To me, this is where it. it, it it boils a bit back to central contracts and stuff like that, because, you know, if you've got X amount of central contracts, you've got the incremental contracts as well for the one day bits and pieces. And, but if you start going, right, well, actually this is the type of batsman. This is the type of batter and bowler that we need in this situation. But then you're like, well, do we need to get him in for a series beforehand? But the series beforehand is in Sri Lanka or Bangladesh should we say, let's say, I can't remember what the, 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 the schedule is, but we'll probably play Bangladesh in September, October 2021 before going to Australia, right? <laughs> it sounds about what's, right. What's the, what's the point? Other yeah. than, other than to, to make through the schedule. But that's not going to give anybody any preparation for Australia. I, In my opinion, we need to, to think about more about horses for courses, and that's bowlers and batters. I mean, you think about the, the job Ben Folks did in Sri Lanka last year.
0: You know poor, I know we're poor, back, poor back guy hasn't done a lot back, wrong is back it?
1: back to folks but but you to use it as an example. Roy would fit lovely in a in an australian um scenario based on the the wickets and the the ball that they use out there you know the same as you know the same as Butler I don't think butler has played in a in an away ashes series I don't think did he play last time? I could be completely wrong with that by the way, but I think best kept
0: the last time we didn't have stokes so our middle our middle order felt felt a bit different didn't it I think, uh, I'd, I'd need to check
1: I'd need to check and you know I'd probably made myself sound a bit silly there because he did <laughs> but but you, you see what i mean his his ability to play a quick ball you know on a flat track it's it's there so why why not why not think about these sorts of things in a more open and honest way rather than going oh well let's give let's give somebody one more test than we need. Let's, let's keep them in because they, you know, Joe Denley, for instance, right. He scored 94. If he'd scored a hundred. Right.
0: You're right. By the way, just to jump in, I've just, just looked Butler didn't play a test in 2017 at all.
1: Yeah. So, you know, what, what is all this business? Oh, we'd rather give somebody one too, one too many tests than not enough. Well, actually, you know, you can see that, but they've, they've done a little bit there with Jason Roy in the fifth test at the oval. He plays for Surrey for God's sake. Yeah, you've not. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, he knows yeah. that pitch Agreed, around yeah. better than anyone, but they've yeah. decided to drop him. Fair enough, they've made a big call, and you know, again, incidentally, Sam Curran should have been playing a lot sooner in in this Test series. But why not? Why not look to go down that road? It's it's, it's frustrating for me.
0: Okay, um, this was going to be a little podcast, so we should probably probably move on before we. Well, before we go. Um, couple of guys who've stepped down from their roles uh, mr lord david gower and sir ian botham um i'll I'll start by saying that you know regardless of whose decision it was or the the manner of it or anything else i'm going to miss lord gower vf on the other hand turned into as in my opinion a grumpy bitter and twisted a cantankerous old duffer and yeah, I don't think,
1: more, I think more he's and more. welcome to
0: go fishing or whatever his plans yeah. are. Um,
1: more and more as the series went on, I think after it was mooted and it was kind of announced and you could see him giving less and less of a fuck as it went yeah. on. Yeah, And it was all a little bit where it, like I say, I agree with, with David Gower and he's been superb since he, you know, stepped into the, the fold all those years ago, you know, test cricket has been Gower presenting and, and, you know, it's almost a national national treasure as far as as far as that goes. And it will be strange. But I do, you know, people, things do change. People do move on. I think, you know, people like Mikey Holden, you know, fantastic. Again, an incredible cricketer in his day. I think the game's moving on. Some of the stuff he was talking about on Sky, about um, the way the ball, you know, the way the ball moves and, it's it's not it's not luck that the ball hits the wobble seam yeah yeah I know what you're it's like, Jesus about. Christ Mikey yeah. yeah the whole point of the wobble seam is the bowler doesn't know which ways it's going to go he knows he's going to wobble it if it hits the seam either way then that is luck um you know I think it does need a freshen up and I think the likes of um the likes of Ian Ward I' got a lot of time for Ian Ward Rob Key does a lot of really good work on sky um. You know, there are other people that come through and you've still got those sort of sensible heads, your your Athers and NASA, who who offer that that sort of maybe calming, slightly more precise analysis than than some others.
0: I I mean Hus- Hussein and Atherton for me are the the best two guys they've got. Um and they're both of similar age, obviously. I guess. Coming into their commentary prime, I guess you'd call it. Um, yeah, Beefy had gone way past his, and he did have one. Don't get me wrong. Um, what did you make of the? They did a. They put a tweet out Sky Cricket last night that was like a, the final minute of them in the commentary box, and I I thought, oh, I'll watch this. This might be quite quite nice. Expecting something sort of touching, and both of them sat there, like they had a glass of wine. Yeah, Botham's wine, know. his own Bo- wine. Botham's, Botham's wine, and and he couldn't even be bothered to do that right. Uh, uh, okay, Sky might have pissed him off, and he doesn't yeah. doesn't care if I Whatever. It's a bit but,
1: arrogant though,
0: was to um, finish off I think. And I think Gower Gower was pretty similar. It didn't. It wasn't the what I what I would have wanted from that nope. minute.
1: But I think, you know, I think Botham, Botham was in his I really don't give a fuck. And yeah. Gower was doing his best to try and remain professional and, and sort of drag him along. And he kind of realized that it wasn't going to happen.
0: Yeah, he wasn't yeah.
1: going to be able to get any sort of professionalism out of Botham. So he just kind of, you know, he, he kind of choked up a little bit, didn't he, Gower, and, you know, tried to move away. But yeah, it just it wasn't a great reflection on the service and.
0: No, they've handled it badly, haven't they? Yeah,
1: I think everyone's handled it a little bit badly. I mean, maybe not Gower, but I think I think the whole the whole thing has been a little bit sour and left a little bit of a bitter taste in the mouth.
0: Yeah, Twitter Twitter last night wasn't happy about it. Um, there were some odd opinions on Twitter. But I, I'm <laughs> you seem to be surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, I do you see? Maybe this is just. What I want to happen, rather than what I think might happen. um Do you see Gower and a little role at TMS?
1: I no, I don't. I don't. I mean, they've still got. They've still got. Jeff TMS really, have
0: got some issues with uh, their, their chief cricket correspondent getting oh, pissed and getting, being an arsehole on being, Twitter. God, being
1: constantly pissed. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's just just you know, just, that's uh, just a it. thought. Aggers, but... yeah. But I don't. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe. I mean, interestingly, obviously, all of the the highlights and stuff are moving back to the BBC, aren't they? So Channel Five have lost the rights to the um, yeah. test highlights. Maybe you know we could find Lord Gower back on the BBC.
0: Maybe I don't I, know. Yeah, I, I see him more as a live TV guy than presenting a highlights package for. It.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. But.
0: And as far as Sky, I mean, I I can, I guess that Ian Ward will get a promotion.
1: I would imagine so. Um, He's the obvious choice, isn't he, to, to do the presenting.
0: They bring Mark Nicholas back, which is a possibility, I guess.
1: Sixer. <laughs> oh, what a shot. It's a sixer. Bloody Mark Nicholas. Unbelievable. What a bloke.
0: Uh, yeah let's 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 say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: what a, what, a, what a character um but yeah i I don't see i don't see mark nicholas on the bbc that's for certain oh no, no. i'm i'm just looking at a, a photo on instagram from england cricket so the official england cricket uh instagram page which is of jack leach and steve smith both wearing glasses and sharing a beer um
0: Oh, that's, and that's no, and that's, oh, that's good. And that's yeah. how it should
1: be, you know. And and I, what I will say, let's. I did. I did just, wonder
0: I... what because they all had the shots of them all in the dressing room yeah. having a beer together. I, I, given the amount of friction that there seems to be, I, I wonder how genuine that all was. I. Was. I
1: think it. I think it is right. And I think, and this probably is a good place to finish that. Ashes cricket and great rivalries are made through. A bit of needle, competitive spirit, but also mutual respect. And I think, you know, whilst there would have been a bit of chatter and a bit of bits and pieces here and there, I would imagine, unlike Jimmy Anderson and Ravinda Jadeja, that once yeah. they've <laughs> crossed once they've crossed the field of play. And now the series is over because obviously you know they might not have done it during the series. They they might have shared a beer. Obviously there was the whole Alan Border thing all those years ago where he he didn't mm. talk mm. to any of them. And and I kind of get that mid-series if you want to remain completely apart mid-series and not share a beer after the test matches and fine, I kind of get that because it's a competitive environment. But I think once now the series is finished, I think the mutual respect between the two teams and the way they've both both teams have have gone about playing their cricket pretty hard, you know, but pretty fair as well. And it's what you would expect. And I think series like the ashes, like England, Wales, rugby, like, um, you know, England versus whoever at football, really. um, You play, you play hard and it would lose sport would lose its edge for me, that competitive edge. If teams didn't, you know, Try and do whatever is possible within reason to to upset the opposition, and then you know respect each other afterwards.
0: A final thought for me on that, or on the whole podcast, probably um, the Ashes and Test cricket are alive and well. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter that England haven't got the best team right now, Australia haven't got the best team right now, but what a series that was on a lot of levels and what a contest it was. Um, yeah, I mean, the hundred can do one, whatever, but test cricket, test cricket is the best form of the game. Yeah. And long may that continue.
1: Absolutely. And the amount of people that have probably been drawn into test cricket because of the world cup success that, that weren't really into cricket, but they watched the world cup and then went, Oh, you know, they're talking a lot about this ashes business. Let's watch a bit of that. The whole Ben St. I mean, the whole Ben Stokes brand, as it were, you know, that has been completely reinvented and reinvigorated this summer. You know, people that have that watched any of that last afternoon at Headingley will realise how important it is to so many people, and you know, hopefully inspired a, a new generation of Test cricketers like like 2005 did.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, final word for me is best of luck to Essex and finals day on Saturday. Um, I think we should, well, I feel like I'm in a win-win situation because if Essex don't win the title, I won't be that upset to see Somerset get one three years after they arguably should have won it, but we've had one stolen from them. Um, Let's have another, let's pod again. Um, around the time of the final game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We can, I mean, you never know. It could be all over by then. If Somerset uh,
0: like, beat Hampshire
1: this, this week and, and Essex lose to Surrey. So conceivably Essex could lose to Surrey this week and then lose on finals right. day.
0: Only and that the would sun never be... comes up at Chelmsford because it doesn't look like it is. Is um, it not? It's bad, bad lights. It's, it's like, well, a, like nostalgia having bad light delay cricket. Well, well,
1: not to give away, not to give away what we've been, you know, what time we're doing this podcast. But uh, Hampshire are currently 122 for seven in the first innings at the Aegeus Bowl.
0: Yeah. So it's unlikely, it to, be. A, it's, <laughs> it's unlikely
1: to be a draw, put it that way.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So um, uh, with Somerset eight points ahead, you know, if, if they go on to get maximum points, which they'll probably get maximum first innings bowling points, then uh, a victory could take them beyond Essex's reach should they not get a result in uh during this week against Surrey. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about the county championship maybe when Essex are oh, playing bonus to the points.
0: Every single bonus point matters, doesn't it, at this point? Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. But uh yeah,
0: go well. Go well.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody, for those of you that
0: have done. Yeah, go well.